Hi, I'm Vicky Ann, Director and Founder of Creative Recruiters. Welcome to the Creative Studio Insider Podcast. My special guest today is Stu Miles. Stu is the Studio Manager at Suburban Rail Loop Authority and the ex-head of Global Design and Creative at Intrepid Group. It's great to spend time with you this morning, Stu. Love, great to be here. Let's start with you telling our listeners about your career journey so far. The career journey? Um... It was interesting. I had to, actually I had to go back and look up where it all started and and um in sort of what year it jumped off. But oh, there's a theme. Um, I, guess yeah, it, I noticed the theme. It wasn't. I, I go right back to um, the classic out of high school before the career started. And it wasn't exactly textbook. I didn't didn't finish school and then jump into design. I. I went the long way and um, wanted to study economics, didn't get the grades, ended up studying management and actually got into working in recruitment in the ah. early, early days. Oh, because yes, so. have you recruited back into the into the space by the end of this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, stay, I'll stay in the design, although in management there, there tends to be a little bit of that recruitment. But look, it wasn't for me at the end of the day. I lasted about sort of 12 months before um, the bootleg copy of Photoshop that I had um, consumed me and I quit. I then wanted to go and study design. So early, early on having another second crack at, at a career and um, wanted to go to uni, didn't have a folio, um, which was sort of the, the gateway in at the time. So I went to TAFE, uh, did 12 months, got my folio, went to uni, got my Bachelor of Creative Arts, and then off I went. Um, so even before the career, the working career started, it was a bit chaotic. But that's okay. Um, and then, yeah, look, you don't, you don't get it right the first time, every time. So, um, as I said, I went the long way, but but happy I did the time. Learned a lot in the early days, um, working and learning a different field, um, and then got stuck into design. Uh, I think it was about 2006. I joined a small PR agency in South Melbourne, and um, was there for about three years before um, moving across to travel and tourism with STA Travel. Uh, Again, short short stint there, lasted about 12 months before I got asked to apply for a job at Intrepid, uh, where some, some ex-colleagues moved across to and, and lasted uh, almost seven years at Intrepid Group or Intrepid Travel um, before making my way across to, uh, to government um, this year. Mm. And there's a bit of a theme then because even this government role is, um, it's travel, it's transport. Travel. <laughs> Indeed, it's um, it's uh, it's it's a non-changeable product. I guess that's that's the the common theme there. I'm I'm not um, but branding and marketing shoes or uh, or iPods or anything like that. I'm I'm selling a, a service and um, and a sort of a way of getting around now and, and engaging with the community that way. Mm. And so, the do, do you mind if we talk? Uh, um, a bit about um, the intrepid travel role before we go to yep. Rail Authority. What, what, sure. was the, what was the makeup of the team there and why did Intrepid have, have the creative services department? So we had a really large internal services team. Um, uh, the business uh, wanted to run everything internally. So uh, so. Pre-COVID, which which is 
probably all I'd talk up to because everything went a bit haywire after that. But um, I had a I had a two direct senior reports in Melbourne, and then um, up to about another eight indirect reports globally through London, Toronto, and also in Melbourne in other um, business units. So that was just the design, sort of the graphic design team, the greater creative and brand team. Um, maxed out at about 22 so from your brand strategy your copywriting video production graphic design um and then an internal uh, entire separate units for marketing services so mm. full marketing and brand together and we're, we're probably getting close to 50 people globally and what was your core responsibility with all, all so in the end, um, I'd started out as a, as a lead designer on the Trapper Travel brand, moved into a graphic design studio, uh, sort of uh, management role, just looking after graphic design. Mm. And then finally into a um, head of global creative role, which then encompassed um, more of the copyright overseeing sort of the, the copy that goes with campaign and brand, um, as well as some um, brand uh, repositionings and brand overhauls as well. So really getting stuck into a, a more um, strategic as well as the day-to-day -day side. Mm. And so tell us a bit more about your new role um, as studio manager for the Suburban Rail Loop Authority. Um, so we're, the Suburban Rail Loop is a, is a, a new, um, new entity for the Department of Transport building um, a underground tunnel for that will connect all the Melbourne train lines together. So it's really early days, um, and we're a, we're a new unit. My team's brand new. I started three months ago with um, no team members. Mm. Got two, uh, with one uh, about to one more to be recruited as well. So uh, and what are those roles sit, in your team. What are the job titles? Uh, two graphic designers and hiring a senior graphic designer as well. Now that we've um, we've uh, all got to know the brand, we've uh, developed um, a little bit of a brand overhaul now that we've got our internal team. So we were able to sit down in the early days and do a big audit of, of where we stand, um, which the brand was inherited by other teams and other people that worked on it. Yeah. But uh, now that we're all internal, we can uh, pick it apart, rebuild it a little bit how we see fit and um, really take that next leap forward as far as the brand goes. Mm. And if you think about your your experience, particularly managing such a big role, um, a big team like you did at Intrepid Travel, what's that secret sauce that, you know, that, that, that you've applied to be able to um, get all of the cross-functionality working between the copywriters and the designers and the account managers? Um, for me... It's, um, it's a little bit of a philosophy of, of not staying in your lane. Uh, I know it's a term that gets thrown around um, a lot in different ways, but the more, um, the more you get to engage and understand what other jobs are doing and other roles, whether it's a copywriter, um, someone in a strategic comms role, a videographer, um, web, uh, web development as well, the more you get to understand the better collaboration is um and how it's not a, a matter of um you do your job you do your job someone else does their job it's there's a lot of overlap so for me that that secret source is really opening up and just because your your job title doesn't say you're a copywriter doesn't mean you can't come up with a great headline no 
um, you know, you know the brand, you know the product um, and the business as well as the person sitting next to you, uh, just like they could suggest, well, what happens if we try this layout or what happens if we do this design slightly differently? Um, it, it's really about opening up that those skill sets, those cross um, cross role skill sets even more. What's one of the most or the more complex or challenging projects that you and your team have produced over the years? Um, the most challenging one that I've worked on, and, and this goes back to when I was at Intrepid Travel as a studio manager, was probably the most rewarding. Um, and why you, you do work in travel and tourism, we, we wanted to put a global brand campaign together, but no one in the business had done one. We hadn't done one for 10 years. Mm. So uh, we wanted to do it internally because we had super talented people and such a big team. But yeah, a bit lost of how to do it. We, um, we engaged an external consultant to sort of facilitate those early days of getting the team together, doing the workshops, um, getting the ideas off the ground. And I, I worked with our then um, global head of creative for, for weeks and weeks and months to get, you know, the concept off the ground. And I remember her calling me with a hand-drawn picture on her hand of an elephant going, this is what we need to do. We need to go to Thailand and we, we need to do this campaign. Um, and I sort of told her she was crazy. And six months later, I'm in Chiang Mai filming um, at an elephant sanctuary, at a, uh, this, this amazing purpose piece um, about travel and community and, and, and helping others and being open to um, all sorts of amazing things. So yeah, I ended up in Thailand and Vietnam on doing five cities in six days with a videographer, um, a producer, myself, a photographer and some talent. So uh, what started off was amazingly scary. I had no idea what I was meant to do and what we were gonna come up with, but um, it took me to a whirlwind trip through Southeast Asia. Wow. And that sounds like, you know, uh, uh, it, that certainly that story demonstrates, you know, your ability to be able to pull those teams together to come up with something exactly. creative. And that's where that, that cross-functionality really kicks in. We, we did have every skill set covered mm. um, for the execution, but we needed to come together and, and bounce all the failed ideas off the walls before we got even remotely close to, um, to the right idea. Mm. And so what did you produce in the end? We produced a campaign called Be Intrepid, um, which talked about um, uh, the characteristics, the common characteristics that um, you engage as a traveller and, and specifically, you know, open, being open, being fearless, being challenged. Um, and that campaign, and we talked to sort of the specific emotions rather than destinations um, or, or specific um, sights and sounds that you might see. And we ended up shooting oh, maybe 12, 15 different um, uh, executions around the world from Antarctica to Southeast Asia. We uh, did one in India. Uh, yeah, it rolled on for almost two years in the end and was our, our staple communication tool for, for brand. Nothing like having a big budget, hey. <laughs> it was a um, it was a wonderful time. It was it was everyone was jet setting around the world, and um, there were there wasn't a care in the world. And it was nice to get it, but it, it seems like a long time ago now. Is there anything special that you do to get into the right creative mindset when you've got a huge goal like that? Um, 
For me, it, it seems to be the classic thing at the moment of balance. Um, so it's probably everything else that I do that allows me to get creative. So the uncreative things are making sure that I've got time for, um, uh, for, for exercise, for eating well, for um, sleeping, resting, doing whatever I want to do outside of the creative space so that when it's time to, um, to put the hat on and, and, and do the work, that I'm not burnt out, that I haven't overdone things for the last couple of weeks and I'm out of creative energy, finding that balance. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's, it doesn't happen in the year one that you're a designer or year five. It does take a little bit of time and you, know, you change throughout your life from being young and living in an apartment in inner city Melbourne to um, having a young child and, and probably just valuing going to sleep at night now. <laughs> That's right. It all, it all changes. How have you found being able to find the balance in the last 18 months um, that we've been in lockdown? Um, it's been tough, but it's been easy. I don't have a commute anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm making a lot more time um, in the day. Uh, but then I also don't have the ability to go exercise in every single way. I can't go to the gym. I can't socialize as much. It's all different now. So trying to stay positive is, 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 is one thing that just, you know, it will end eventually. Um, it's been challenging. It's new challenges. They've never been, you know, I've never seen these sort of challenges before, but um, fingers crossed soon and later we're, we're out the other side of it. Your team at the moment is no doubt still working remotely. Yep. Um, three months in, I've never met anyone face to face, which is, which is always we would, wouldn't know any different. So I look forward to, to meeting the team and, and being able to see everyone in person and uh, it'll be great, but it's, um, I, don't, I don't know any different. So it hasn't been too challenging in that respect. The Department of Transport, no matter the division, they're known for building extraordinary teams. So, you know, you definitely landed on your feet there. Do you think that creativity is, is part of human nature or do you think it's something that needs to be nurtured and learned? Um, it's part, I mean, everyone's got some creativity inside them. Um, obviously those with a lot of it tend to end up in creative roles. It's part of their active life. Um, you know, it can be, of course, it can be nurtured. It comes out at different times. Look at my very early education and, and career. I, I wasn't ready to be creative in high school or when I first studied. It, it wasn't a priority to me, but something happened. Um, you know, the, the volcano erupted and, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm going back to study and, and pick up creative arts. So it's in there. Um, it definitely has to be nurtured. Um, if you put it put it away for too long, I'm sure it's just going to dim a little bit. So um, that's where you know, if you want to be a career creative, it, it's always on. Um, but but balance it as well because you know that light can can sort of go out if you're if you're going to overdo it as well. Mm. And that's the challenge that a, a leader, someone like you, in your role has with your new team, of course. Mm -hmm. is you know where all of our newbies that are joining teams they're missing out on that um the ability to listen and to watch you know that's such a yep. big part of how we learn um exactly and it's it's um 
it's all the informal, it's, you know, it's the things that you pick up subtly rather than having to jump on a meeting or a call or share a screen. Um, all the little one percenters that add up to, to learning and growth and creativity. Mm. Well, we certainly have learned to value that so much more now, haven't we? Definitely. Do you enjoy sharing your work with others? Uh, on that one-to-one -one level, on sort of that um, that mentoring and education role, I, I really enjoy it. Um, I'm not a hey, look at my flashy website. I've got a I don't have a Behance account. I don't, you know, I'm not on every listing sort of thing. So I do suffer that classic creative. I'm not good enough. My work's not good enough. Um, uh, you know, I don't want anyone else seeing what I've done. Type mentality at times. Um, and if it wasn't for applying for new jobs, I don't know if I'd ever get my website up and things like that. Right. Uh, you know, the amount of times I'm speaking to such incredible creatives and it's like, okay, I need a folio. You really need to put the folio together. Yeah. And, and the, the biggest piece of advice I could ever give to someone is you might not be applying for a job now. You might apply for one in one year, five years, 10 years. But if you're not on top of your folio, it's a lot of effort and a lot of late nights trying to get things exactly how you want it. It is. And, you know, as a recruiter, we'll want it in 24 hours so that we can get moving. And that yeah. pressure, just keep adding to it. Just keep adding to it. If it's a project you're proud of, you know, pop it in there for sure. Um, how do you keep yourself updated and, you know, creatively relevant um, to modern design trends? Um. It's easy. Uh, creatives everywhere. Um, we're all on the internet way too much. We've got social media, and for me, um, it's I've, I've got a couple of those sort of uh, channels and people and accounts that I now follow um, that I'm used to, and they seem to put out um, really good case studies. And I tend to try and avoid the oh, this is what's trending. Um, Okay. I'd rather go and, and find it myself so that I can apply it to whatever job I've got next. Um, you know, if, if neon colours are trending, that's great, but that's something that's not going to be applied to every single application and it's going to be really tough to work with at times. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Instagram is great. It's a visual tool. I've got my, got my accounts there. Um, Listen to a change of brand podcast, which... Um, is relatively new. It's only a couple of years old, which talks through some some brand overhauls of major brands. So, you know, big agencies and and um, and some really really important strategic conversations. But then, um, yeah, look through the Instagram account, the you know best of packaging Instagram accounts, just so that you can see really really well executed cool things. Um, you know, daily, just so that uh, you can bookmark them in case you ever need them. For you, who do you define as a creative visionary? Um, well, probably uh, more than a visionary, one of the people that have influenced me the most, sorry to change the question completely, um, is um, a, a guy by the name of Christo, who is um, a studio, was a sort of a head of creative, a, a studio owner in the US. But more than him and his work, it's, it's his approach to being a senior designer and a manager and a leader and the want to share and educate and learn as well as um, changing the mindset about what design is. It is a service and you know, we are creating pretty pictures and things like that at the end of the day, but 
we're problem solvers. We have a skill set that will solve a problem in a specific way. So really shifted my mindset about graphic design, about freelancing, about managing people and sharing and um, his brand, the future and, and his personal brand as Chris Doe runs really deep um, across multi-channels and um, he's not afraid to share all his learnings um, and all his failures and, and it's a really personable approach to, um, I guess, new design thinking and, and things like that. What's something that um, has surprised you about your industry over your career so far? Um, it's tough. It's a slog. It, it really does feel like uh, uh, um, some days it, it's a really big grind and whether it's doing a bit of freelance work or working in, internally. Um, it's um, everyone, everyone's got an opinion because they can see things. Um, which I didn't realize I'd have so many stakeholders in what I do um, from the top to someone below you beside you um, every idea that you present someone will have an opinion on it so it's um, it was it never goes away it was really surprising that um, there's always someone that's going to want to jump in and um, they're going to want to see something even though you know it's wrong but until they see it they can't cross it off their list yeah that is definitely frustrating things for designers that consistently comes up is that you know that that's not going to work <laughs> but you have to do it and they have to see it anyway so um yeah, a bunch of those little learnings that uh i never really expected to be still doing the the, the bad design work 10 15 years into a career just because the client wants it have you ever been completely gutted when an idea where you got a flat no for something that you thought was ideal it's been there's been plenty of, um, of branding jobs that I've done over the years where you throw in that last example, that last concept where you've done two really good ones. You throw in the last one that you've done in 10 minutes just so that you've got enough to, to look at and the client loves it. And mentally, you've designed, you've implemented, you've rolled out this first concept and they've picked one that you don't like. And it's, 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 it's heartbreaking because you knew that the first one was the best, but at the end of the day, you can try and push the client towards it, but it's their brand, it's their business. So um, you just got to support them through that one. Uh, what brands do you admire and um, do you that perhaps influence um, the way you do things creatively? So the brands I'm looking at now have, have changed a lot since the brands I'd, I'd look at when I first started. You'd look at a, you'd look at a really cool execution or this just looks graphically, looks really, really good. And now I'm, I'm tying together the more strategic parts of design and, and creative and looking at brands that combine art direction, tone of voice and copy and brand values together to create something that's... Um, uh, sort of the holy trinity for brands you know ticks all the boxes um, brands like nike do it every yeah. campaign they put out runs deep um, as far as their messaging and their brand value and their community values but then they don't skimp on execution <laughs> you know everything is done to that top amount and uh, we're all not every brand is nike not every brand has billion dollar budgets but you you always want to aspire to do that no matter your resource level. So 
on a smaller front, I love Bellroy. I love their um, their uh, their product execution. Their um, not only their products and their designs, but the way they market them and, and keep it really clean and simple. Um, they use color, which not always, which is hard to do, and I don't always do it. I'm, I'm very have a clean aesthetic, so they're really great to follow. And um, sports brands, um, sports media brands, ESPNs, a um, few accounts on Instagram that um, have complex design, so much, um, so many layers to it. And they really have great photography and video to back it up as well. Um, and I just never get sick of, you know, seeing the NBA and ESPN combine and, and, and have all these amazing graphics put together, um, which are really cool. What, what is your work-related claim to fame? Nothing really good. Um, I mean, working in travel got me out and about a few times. Um, and in the back of some videos, I played a tour leader in Melbourne um, for our day trip, uh, for the day trip brand there, walking around Melbourne, filming the, the, the back of my head and my shirt and telling people to come down laneways. Uh, as I said, I went to, went to Thailand and, and was in the background of, of um, a bunch of videos there with elephants. And then the funniest one, the, the one that was probably the biggest laugh was I played um, the role of uh, the party boy in a youth travel brand um, campaign, which just really involved me wearing a singlet and sunglasses inside um, against a green wall to take some photos. And, uh, yeah, I was pushing 30, trying to be 22. So I'll, I'll take it as a compliment. Exactly. Um, so, you know, you've gone from being a designer, you've gone up the ranks, you're managing, you know, big teams. Um, you're in a really big authority now. Um, you know, managing teams, it's, it's, you know, managing people, it's one of the greatest challenges um, any of us face throughout the course of our career. What's something that you know now about leadership that you wish you knew back at the beginning? Um, two of the biggest takeaways that I've got as my career has changed and evolved into to that more management leadership role is um, something a lot of managers really battle with and your, your primary function is to um, help your team do the work, grow, learn, not do the work yourself. Even though your skills might be the best, that's probably what got you into a management role in the, in the first place. Um, you have to be content with being off the tools, um, probably more than you'd like. Um, but that comes with career growth and career changes. Um, you don't always get to do the things, things you want. So even though you might have the best idea or the best way to execute, you have to help your team get to that point rather than just go off and do it yourself. And that will help you empower and lead and be respected rather than handing down finished products to your team. Absolutely. So that's definitely one of them. Um, and the other one would be understanding people. Um, we're all totally different. Um, we all communicate in different ways. We all design in different ways and have different levels of skill sets. So um, understanding people, um, whether it's um, more training, whether it's um, improving some communication skills, the more you get to know people on a one-to-one -one basis, the, the stronger your team will be. Absolutely. 
Stu, it's been so great chatting with you today. All the very best in your relatively new role at the Suburban Rail Loop Authority. Thank I'm you. sure you guys are going to do great things. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Keep well. Bye. Yeah, bye.